So when I was 11 years old, I was hanging out with my friend, and we were in his pool. And you know, like you're 11, and so you're, you're just kind of messing around, pushing each other, tackling each other, and you know, fighting and stuff in the pool. Well, at one point, he got me down underneath the water and just held me down. And I was unable to breathe. I started kind of freaking out. Lacey thinks that's real funny. appreciate that. And so I'm just held under the water there. And as soon as I was able to kind of slide myself out, jump up, and I got oxygen in my lungs again, I just reached back and, and hit this kid in the face as hard as I possibly could. Some of you guys might think that's unloving, but I just consider I was performing my first baptism. You know, I was just doing the Lord's work out there, you know. But today and, and, and through this series The heart that I have is to take you guys down deep. And I don't want to hold you down deep somewhere you don't want to be. I want to inspire you to the depths that are in God. And last week we talked all about how sometimes we feel like giving up on God. And sometimes we feel like maybe taking back some of those areas of our life we've surrendered to God. You know, like maybe you gave God a certain aspect of your life and then suddenly you went through something like, I think I'm going to try and take control of that again, God. I'm going to take that back from you, you know. And some of us were just like at that place where we feel ready to give up altogether on God. And last week I just tried to encourage you guys that when you feel like giving up, dig down deep. Dig deep into all that he is. And last week we really saw, and, and the goal last week was really to make sure none of us are going backwards in our relationship with God. But tonight I want to talk with you guys about going forward in our relationship with God. And so we're going to work through some stuff here today. Because the truth is, sometimes whether you're new to this or whether you've been around for a while, we have a way of kind of getting stuck a little bit, you know? Like if you're new in your relationship with God, then it's so awesome that you're kind of maybe feeling stuff out, trying to figure God out, trying to figure Jesus out, and maybe you're starting to pray a little bit, or maybe you're starting to read the Bible a little bit, or you're here, and and you're just kind of working through what it means to follow Jesus. That's incredible. And I want to help you tonight, inspire you really, to continue to take steps toward him in your relationship. But for the rest of us, this is really important too, because like I said, sometimes we get stuck. Some of us have been followers of Jesus a week, and some of us have been followers of Jesus 10, 15, 20, 30 years here in the room. And so I want to talk to us because we do get stuck sometimes. When, when Joey uh, was just like a 7th or 8th grader, we went on a canoeing trip because we're just that cool. And so we, we like did this youth group canoe trip, and we're out on the water, and within about a minute of being out there, I dove off my canoe and tipped all the other canoes. And so now all the, just because why not, right? And so all the other canoes are tipped, and we start to think, well, what are we going to do now? How, how are we going to like, you know, walk this over to the riverbed? And then the next thing we realize is it was really shallow, so we stood up. And we tipped our canoes back over, and then we tried to jump back in our canoes, and we learned something. We learned that we had actually sunk down about up to our knees in the nasty, gross mushiness that was the bottom of that river. And actually, one kid got stuck. I think he's still out there. We just sort of <laughs> took off, you know. But, but actually, one kid did lose his shoe. Was it you, or was it not you? One kid literally, like, went to lift his leg up, and his shoe just came up and got eaten by the bottom of the riverbed. And guys, sometimes in our relationship with God, it begins to feel like that. Like, I want to take a step forward and get closer to God, but I almost feel stuck. I almost feel like every move I have to make takes a lot of effort, you know. And I think sometimes there's different reasons why we get stuck. Some of us have been following Jesus for a year or two. And some of us lost some of that passion, some of that fire, you know. It's almost like the beginning was exciting. You felt close to God, but maybe you lost some of that fire. But some of us who've been following Jesus for a long time, I think sometimes we don't know what to do next. You know, it's like we almost get into a routine. And so we kind of know the routine, but that routine doesn't necessarily mean we're getting closer to God. I think for some of us it's fear. You guys ever thought about going a little deeper in God, but it's like, I don't know, there's some unknowns here. Like if I take, take steps toward Jesus, what's that going to mean for me? What's that going to look like? And the fear of the unknown kind of holds us back. 
My whole life, my dad has had a speedboat, and so we've gone out, you know, skiing all the time. And the worst part of it, for me anyway, is when you dive into the water, and then dad throws the skis out to you, and then he pulls the boat around, and you're just hanging on. You got this little, you know, rope between you and the boat, and you're out there by yourself. And this thought always hits me, what else is out here with me, right? I I always, like, out loud say to myself at those moments, why did I watch Jaws, you know? And I remember this one time, I felt something kind of, like, brush past me. I was like, drive the boat, you know, like, get me up and out of the water right now. And I think sometimes when we're thinking about going deeper in God, we think, well, what's going to be out there? And so, so for some of us, it's a little bit of fear, a little bit of fear that we have, might have to surrender some stuff to God. And so maybe that's why we're stuck. Maybe some of us in the room, it's apathy. Like, it's just like, I, you know, I probably should get closer to God, but I just don't really have that desire to right now. I'm just sort of okay where I am. I'm sort of comfortable where I am. Or maybe some of us are actually used to it. We're just used to it, you know? Like, again, when we first began a relationship with Jesus, there was some freshness to us, and, and it just felt exciting, but, but we're kind of used to it. Um, my kids have allergies to different things, and, and one of the things that they have is they have a real sensitivity to some of, like, the laundry detergents and stuff that are out there. So about 12 years ago in my home, we stopped using detergents that smell good. Basically, there's no dye, there's no scents in them, you know? But recently, we found this detergent that has no dyes, but somehow it smells good. I don't know how they did it. I don't even care how they did it. And so we, we got it, and we tried it out, and I remember putting my first shirt on in 12 years after this new smell, and I just walked around the house. I was like, everyone smell me. And and I, you know, I, I today put this shirt on, and I didn't smell a thing. I didn't notice a thing. Why? Because I got used to it, man. As some of us, if we're honest, we got used to it, man. We got used to Jesus. We got used to God. We got used to Him working in our lives and moving in our lives. And so today, I hope to help newer people take steps toward Jesus. And I also hope to inspire some of you guys who've been around for a while to go deeper in God. And the thing is, guys, is you've, you've all heard people talk about getting closer to God. You've all heard people talk about how we should get closer to God. But today, I want to show you why you should get closer to God. See, this isn't just that you should get closer to God because it's a nice thing to do. It's a good thing to do. It's a Christian thing to do. I want to show you why it's so important you don't stay stuck where you are, but you get closer to God. See, it's so easy for us as followers to kind of get stuck, but we got to keep moving forward in him. If you're not a follower of Jesus, maybe you've wondered, why get closer to God? Like, what's this all about? So I hear these Christians talking about being near Jesus and getting close to Jesus, and what does all that mean? And so tonight, I'm going to show you, I hope and pray clearly what that means. We're going to look at a really fascinating passage in the Bible. This is one of my favorite, man. And you know, every few years, I love to go back to this story because it's so incredibly powerful. I have vivid memories of us at the old church, and I was a youth pastor, just like 10 or, five, 10 or 15 kids sitting in a little circle and working our way through this passage because it's just so exciting and so, so incredibly clear as to what is going on, and maybe where we are right now, but where we could be in God. And so we're going to look through this. So this guy named Ezekiel wrote this. And he wrote this 600 years before Jesus came. And remember last week, if you were here, that I told you that Israel went through this time in their history when they were far from God, and God says, I am a good dad, and a good dad's discipline their kids, and I love you enough to discipline you, so I'm going to bring this nation called Babylon, and they're going to take you. Guys, Ezekiel was one of the people who was taken. And so he's writing everything he's going to write, we're going to read tonight, 
being a captive here in Babylon. And throughout this story, we have what we call imagery or descriptive language or figurative language. So in other words, like if you ever, somebody ever given you an illustration and they want you to have a picture in your mind, and as you follow that picture, you learn new things, you understand new things, that's what we have here. And through this picture, Ezekiel is kind of shown all these incredible things by someone he calls a man, but theologians think the man is either an angel or maybe God himself. So check this out. It sounds a little confusing. Stick with me. I pray it will be really clear for you. So Ezekiel 47, verse 1 says this. The man, so again, this is a picture, okay? We're trying to just imagine this in our minds. The man brought me back to the entrance to the temple, and I saw water coming out from under the threshold of the temple toward the east, for the temple faced east. The water was coming down from under the south side of the temple, south of the altar. He then brought me out through the north gate and led me around the outside to the outer gate facing east. And the water, that water is really important, and the water was trickling from the south side. Okay, so are you picturing it? Are you picturing this temple and there's this water flowing? And you're like, I don't know what this has to do with my life. Just hang in there. So what does the water represent? Well, the theologians think it represents two things, the gospel. It represents the message of Jesus. It represents that Jesus would come to save mankind, and that message would spread like a river. But it probably also represents the work of the Holy Spirit in Christians' lives, in your life, and in my life. And so every time throughout this message we talk about a river or the water of God, I want you to say, okay, that represents Jesus and his work, and it represents what the Holy Spirit came to do in my life. Now, I coach my son's baseball, and so whenever I'm trying to explain to these little 8, 9, and 10-year-olds how to pitch a baseball so it doesn't hit mom in the stands, but it goes somewhere near the plate, I always try to say to my pitchers, okay, guys, here's what I want you to imagine. I want you to imagine your arm is long enough so that when you follow through and reach home, you're going to knock the catcher's glove off. I want you to imagine every single time you come over over the top that your glove's going to hit the catcher's mitt and knock it right off. And in the same way, I'm trying to illustrate that to them. I want you tonight to be able to dig into this illustration that we have here in the scriptures. That this river of God is flowing. And it's doing powerful things. And so in this next part in verse 3, it says this. As the man went eastward with a measuring line in his hand, he measured off a thousand cubits and then led me through water that was ankle deep. Now what's this all about? Well, in the first century, when Jesus came, it probably represents the beginning of the spread of the message. Hey, a Savior has come. He's alive. He, he was crucified in our place and he's alive now. But for you and me today, this probably represents how deep we are in God. How far we've kind of walked into the waters of God, so to speak. Some of us in this room today are sort of ankle deep. Right? Ankle deep in the things of God. And let me say this. If you've been a follower of Jesus for like a week or two, that's some of you here in this room. If you've been a follower of Jesus for like a month or maybe even a few months, it's, it's right for you to be about ankle deep. That's amazing. I'm so thankful to God you're ankle deep and you're not back outside up on the bank that you're in the river of God, okay? And so maybe in this place you're starting to pray a little bit and you're starting to read your Bible a little bit and you're here on Sunday and you're starting to try to figure out a little bit more about God kind of at ankle deep. And that's a beautiful thing if that's where you are. But let me ask some of you guys this. If you've been saved for a while and you're ankle deep, God calls you forward. God calls you deeper. God wants you to go down deep into him, into that next step. Is that anybody here tonight? Or maybe you were a little bit deeper in the water, but something happened and for some reason you turned around and ran back to ankle depth. 
That's some of us in the room, man. We were deeper in God, and suddenly, man, I don't know what happened. Maybe we got a little bit afraid. I was at the beach this past summer with my four-year-old nephew, and we were out there about ankle deep, and suddenly, you know those waves that come out of nowhere that no one's expecting? One of those hit my poor little four-year-old nephew, and he turned around and just ran out the water. And guys, maybe that's what happened to us. We were kind of out there exploring the depths of God, and something took place. We went running back out to where we felt a little more safe and a little more comfortable. But God calls you and me deep. Look at what it says next, verse 4. He measured off another thousand cubits and led me through water that was knee deep. Okay, so the water's rising, right? We're walking out a little deeper into that river. And I love this because I think, again, in the first century, the message of Jesus is, is starting to gain some traction and change some lives. That's what Ezekiel saw. But I think it's also you and me walking deeper into the things of God. Not only are we praying Not only are we reading our Bible, we're starting to invite some people to church. We're starting to see the difference that God makes in our life. There's some peace in our life now. There's some joy in our life that we know wasn't there before, and God's doing some new things in us, and we're kind of knee-deep. Some of you guys here are knee-deep, and it's appropriate. That's the perfect place for you to be right now, and we want to be a church that helps you be knee-deep for a while and grow in God. But let me ask you a question. Is there anybody who's at the ankle depth that's ready to take a step forward and go knee deep in God. Take a step forward in him. And let me ask another question. Is there anybody knee deep right now who knows you've been knee deep for a really long time and it's time to go deeper? We get another measuring in the next part here. It says this, he measured off another thousand and led me through the water that was up to the waist. And so we get this third measuring, and that's some of us here tonight, right? And maybe we're starting to memorize some of God's word. We're taking some of the verses of Scripture. We're putting them down deep in our heart so that we're ready in the moment of temptation, or we just have them on our heart. Maybe we're inviting people to church. Maybe we're sharing our faith more and more. Maybe we're praying bigger prayers, you know? We're starting to hear about people that are sick and need healing, and and instead of just praying for us at this point, we're starting to pray for those around us that need Jesus in their lives. Anybody waist deep today? Anybody been waist deep, though, for a long time? God calls us deeper. We never stop, right? Anybody back at knee depth, though, was ready to take a step forward and and go waist depths into into the things of God? Say, I've been here for a while. I'm ready for more of you, God. I'm ready for for you to work in my life in new and fresh ways. And then verse 5, I love this. He measured off another thousand, but now it was a river that I could not cross because the water had risen and was deep enough to swim in, a river that no one could cross. He asked me, son of man, do you see this? Now in the first century, this probably represents the gospel going out past the Jews and to the Gentiles, but here in our lives, this is the opportunity we have to dive in deep. To say, God, I'm ready to jump off the boat and be with you. I'm ready to jump off the dock and dive deep to where you have these deep, beautiful things for me. Look what Matthew Henry said. He says, if we search into the things of God, we find some plain and easy to be understood. As the waters that were but to the ankles. Others more difficult, which require a deeper search as the water to the knees or waist. And some quite beyond our reach, which we cannot penetrate, but must adore the depth. Do you know what that means, guys? It means that when we're kind of like up to our ankles and our knees and our waist, you know, sometimes we're seeking God out for things 
And that's okay. God is not afraid of our questions and not afraid of our doubts. It's okay to seek God out. It's great that we ask him to come through. I pray for my wife's healing every day. I pray for your God. I've been praying all week for many of you guys. Throughout the week, I know different needs we have here. I'm asking God for healing. I'm asking God to keep you guys and, and help you guys through different scenarios. That's great. But there comes a point, guys, where we aren't asking for questions and we're not asking for things to happen we simply begin to adore the depths of God in other words we're there going God I'm not just in this for what you can give me I'm in this for you I'm in this because you are beautiful and you are wonderful and you are amazing and so God I'm going to adore the depths of all that you are so like I told you my dad has a boat and and we were out on the boat this past summer and my dad gets me and my kids out on the raft, and he is flying through the waters. I think he was trying to ensure he'd never have to leave me an inheritance, take me and my kids out. And he's like, I mean, we're flying over the bumps and just going crazy out there. And I just remember that as we were making our way off the ramp and then out to the water, my kids were obsessed with how deep the water was. Like, so right after we came back off the dock, it was about seven feet deep. My kids are like, Grandpa, it's so cool. We got this little depth thing here. We can see how deep it is. And then we went through some channels on the way out to the deep waters that were like 2.5 feet deep. And then eventually, though, we busted out there, and it was 50 feet deep. And suddenly we stopped worrying about how deep it was, and we just adored the depths. And some of us, we've been worried about, God, how can you do this? And how can you be just if that? And how can you be loving if this? And uh, are you powerful or are you not powerful? And again, all of that, that's cool. We can ask all of that. God's so loving and patient with us. But eventually, we get to the point where we dive in just to adore the depths and say, God, I don't know how many feet it is right now. I just love you. God, I don't know how deep I am right now, but this is amazing just being this close to you. And God, I want you for you, not just what you can give me. Anybody need to to dive out deeper? Anybody need to go a little further in your relationship with God? We want to be a church that helps everybody. Whether you're still back out and you haven't even gotten in the river yet, we want to help you take a step in. Or if you're at ankle depth or knee depth or waist depth, we want to help you keep going until you're diving in deep. But where are you? If you had to kind of analyze your own heart and your own life, where are you in all of this right now? Now, like I said, tonight, I don't want to just inspire you to go deeper. I want to help you understand why it's such a beautiful thing to go deeper in God. And so that's what these next few verses are going to do. Then it says this. Then he led me back to the bank of the river where I arrived. When I arrived there, I saw a great number of trees on each side of the river. Now, remember, guys, this is imagery, right? This is just a picture for us. And so Ezekiel sees these trees planted on the side of the river. And you know what the theologians think the trees are? Me and you. Me and you, these strong trees on the side of the river, and we have been nurtured by the water of God. Look what John Gill had to say about this. He said, planted by the river of divine love, watered with the grace of God and doctrines of the gospel, whereby they become fruitful in good works. See, God wants us to be planted and rooted and nurtured by him. I love this next part because it talks about some of those dry places. This is in verse 8. He said to me, this water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabha. That's a desert, by the way, where it enters the Dead Sea. When it empties into the sea, the water, the salty water becomes fresh. Now, the Dead Sea is a real place. Some people think this is going to happen in the end times. Different story, different conversation, different day. But 
This Dead Sea borders Israel and Jordan and, Jordan and the West Bank, and its mineral content allows for zero life. It's 8.6 times saltier than the ocean if you and I went to Robert Moses right now. No life, no fish there. But this verse says that when the river of God flows to those salty, dead places, it brings life. I love that, guys, because you and I, man, we have some salty, dead places in our lives, don't we? Some salty, dead places in our souls, don't we? I love the kids today are using that word salty. My kids, right? Be like, Dad, why are you so salty today, you know? First, I was like, is that a thank you? Like, I don't know what that means, you know? But apparently, salty means you're kind of grumpy, you're kind of angry, you're kind of edgy. And you know what? In our lives, in our souls, we all have some edgy places, don't we? We all have some grumpy, angry places. And this verse tells us, I love it, that when the, the river of God flows to a place like that, it brings life. That's why I go deep. That's why I don't stay in up to your ankles, your knees, your waist. That's why I dive deep off the dock. Because, man, there is life waiting for you the deeper you go. The deeper you go, the more of God's life you find. And so, no, we are not talking tonight about doing a religious thing or being religious people. We are talking about going down deep where there is life. I love this in verse 9. It says, swarms of living creatures will live where the river flows. There will be large numbers of fish because this water flows there and makes the salt water fresh. So where the river flows, there will be life. Everywhere the water flows, it brings life. It brings life in dead places. And guys, that's our story, right? We were that dead place. My soul was that dead place, but God has brought life. If you're not a follower of Jesus here today, man, I would plead with you to think about putting your trust in Jesus because he wants to bring your dead soul to life in him. It goes on in verse 10. Fishermen will stand along the shore from En Gedi to En Englom. There will be places for spreading nets. The fish will be of many kinds like the fish of the Mediterranean Sea. Well, what's this all about? Okay, so the smart guys, you know what they tell us? They tell us that we are the fishermen on the shore. I thought we were the tree. Well, hang in there, man. Ezekiel's kind of deep, and he's showing us a couple different aspects of what God wants to do in our lives. And so we are the fishermen on the shore. Well, what does that mean for us? Well, isn't it interesting that 600 years after Ezekiel wrote this, Jesus looked at guys like John and Peter and said, hey guys, would you come and be fishers of men with me? Would you come and change people's lives? Guys, why should we go deeper in God? Because it's not just about us. You see, once our lives are changed, God wants to use us to change others' lives. God wants to use us to be that bright, shining light on the hill. And guys, I love that it says here that there's all different types of fish in this Mediterranean Sea. There's, there's actually 700 different species. You know what that means? It means God wants to bring in all different types of people to this church. He wants to bring in all ages. He wants to bring in all different people at all different stages of life and stages of faith and all different ethnic backgrounds and people from other religions so that they would in, encounter Jesus. And you know what, guys? When we are in touch with the river of God, when we are close to God and allowing him to work in our life, we won't be able to help but impact our schools, our campuses, and our workplaces. And so I coach baseball, right? You know what? Number one reason I do it is because I want to impact these kids. I want to impact these families. I want to impact the coaches. I, number two, am out there because I am in love with my sons and I am in love with baseball. But number one reason I'm there, I mean, dude, I am going to spend this coming Saturday nine hours on a baseball field, okay? As much as I love baseball, I don't love it that much. But I will be there. 
Because there are people sitting around me. There are kids who are looking up to me right now for whatever reason. Look, at that, look up to the bald man. All right, I'll take it while I got it, right? And so there they are. And you know what? There's a guy that coaches with me. And last week he texted me. He said, Doug, I may not be at the game. Oh, did you hear that little voice crack still going through puberty? I may not be at the game on Thursday because my wife's having heart surgery. And I said, bro, just want to let you know, we're going to be praying for you. And if there's anything you need, I'm your man. I'll take your kids from point A to point B. If you guys need food, we'll get food together, whatever you need. Two days later, text him again. Nick, how's your wife doing? She came through the surgery, man. Thanks so much. Two days later, how's your wife? Man, she's still in the hospital. Another eight days in the hospital, but she'll get out eventually, man. All right, cool. Nick, how's your wife, man. I'm praying for you every day, Nick. I'm praying for you. And then this past week, I see Nick and I see his son, Ben, and I said to them, hey, how is your wife? How's your mom? And Ben pipes up. He goes, my mom's getting a little bit better and she's going to come home this week. And coach, I just want to let you know, we're going to be checking out your church soon. I never invited them to my church. And I'm nobody. Nobody special. Just the river of God, right? Just, just the Spirit of God at work in my life. The Spirit of God at work in your life. Suddenly, we see he's using us. Suddenly, we see more and more people are coming in. All kinds of different people. God wants to use you. Why go deep in God? Yes, because there's life there. Yes, because he wants you to be established in him like a tree planted and nourished. But more than that, there are others who need you to be going deep in the river. There are others who need you to bring them in. Verse 12. Fruit trees of all kinds will grow on both banks of the river. Their leaves will not wither, nor will their fruit fail. Every month they will bear fruit because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. Their fruit will serve for food and their leaves for healing. Who are we now in the imagery? We're back to the fruitful tree. Doug, I thought we were a fisherman, bro. You're messing with me. All right, Ezekiel sees these beautiful things God wants to do. And I love that we're fruitful trees. I don't know about you guys. If I walk around my property at my house, I have some trees that are dead. I have some trees that are dying. I have some trees that are hanging in there. I have some trees that are really fruitful. Which tree are you? Which tree are you? Are you the fruitful tree? I'm not saying this to make you feel bad. Because can we talk for a minute about why any of these trees are fruitful? What does the verse say? Because the water from the sanctuary flows to them. The river of God flows to them. If the river of God didn't flow to them, they would not be fruitful. If they were not connected and watered by and nurtured by the river of God, they would not be fruitful. Guys, you and I, man, we can go out there and try to change the world. We can go and try and be the best spouses, the best boyfriends, girlfriends, the best kids, the best parents, the best students, the best workers. Good luck doing all that if the water of God, the river of God, is not nurturing you. But the moment we go, I'm going in deep. I'm going in deeper. I'm getting closer. I'm going to get nearer to him. Suddenly, we see this life that he creates. We see this fruitfulness that he creates in our lives. Guys, God wants us to live from a deep place in him. He doesn't want us to stay stuck where we are. He longs for us to find greater life in him, to find greater impact in him, and to find greater fruitfulness in him. Three words for you guys I want you to remember this week. Dive down deep. Dive down deep. Where are you? Listen, some of you should be ankle depth right now. And if that's you, man, I am thrilled to death that that's where you are and God's working in your life. Some of you guys should be knee depth right now. But some of us got stuck there years ago. And it's time to take a step. Some of us are up to our waist. And we know it. 
And we're just kind of hanging here and kind of feels comfortable. I don't know about you guys. Back in the day, I used to be the guy who jumped in the pool right away in the deep end. Now I'm kind of the guy who sort of like dips his toes in a little bit, then up to the ankles and up to the knees. Why? Because I don't know, man, you get older, you just want to be comfortable. You're not really like into like cannonballs and junk anymore. I just, just want to be comfortable, you know, it's just easier to go in that way. You know, I probably won't break nothing if I just walk in easy, right? And that's some of us here. I'm just comfortable at ankles. I'm just comfortable at my knees, right? God's calling us deeper. And you know, I think about my kids being real little, and they're getting big, man. My, my, my 10-year-old the other night, I had to come back and pick up the kids at the green room, my older two, and, and Landon's like, Dad, I just want to fall asleep on the couch tonight. And I was like, all right. I was like, I'm going to wake you up when I get home. He's like, no, just carry me. I'm like, I'm going to wake you up when you get home, man. You're a big kid now, right? And so my kids are big, and, and I miss those little, little days, those, those little times, you know? And I think about being in my in-laws' pool, and I think about my kids being in the shallow end with Kelly and me, you know, going and diving deep in the deep end. And you can see in my kids' eyes two things. You can see this desire in them to go deeper with me. We could also see some fear in their eyes. And you know what? Every time I, I took one of my kids from Kelly and I, I swam into that deep end, I never dropped one of them once. I never let one of them go once. I never failed them once. And I just picture God in the deep end, man. As some of us in the shallow end, splashing around, kind of wading around. And he looks us in the eye like, come with me. Come deeper in me. And we've got some excitement in our eye. We've got some, some interest. There's a draw there, but there's also maybe some fear about maybe having to surrender some things we don't feel like surrendering. Or, or where is this going to take us? Or, or are we going to lose all of our comforts and all of our control? Guys, I'm telling you, if you trust God and you go to the deep end with him, life won't be perfect, but you know what? Life's not perfect in the shallow end either, is it? But you trust him. He won't drop you once. He won't fail you once. He will carry you in those depths. And you know what? If we trust him, some amazing things happen. We get greater knowledge of who God is. We get greater experience. In him, we start to see him answer prayer. We start to see him show up. Sometimes we just adore the depths of all that he is. We help others find life and healing. And we live a fruitful life. Where are you today? Where are you today? Which tree are you? Are you ready to be nurtured by the river of God? Are you ready to be used by God? Are you ready to be challenged by God? Are you ready to be alive in those salty marshes of our soul the way that God so badly wants to bring life to you? And so it's time to take a step. Those of us back outside the pool, man, it's time to dip our toes in. I pray you'll put your trust in Jesus tonight. Those of you up to your ankles, if it's time for you, I pray you'll go up to your knees. Those of you at your knees, I pray you'll push forward to your waist. And those of you at your waist, I pray you will dive off the dock deep with God. If you're not a follower of Jesus, you've heard tonight about this Jesus that came to save, this Jesus that came to rescue. He died in your place on a cross. He loves you. He wants you to know him. He wants to have a relationship with you. I'm going to give you a chance to put your trust in him in a few minutes if you'd like that. But I hope today you are inspired to dive down deep. Let's pray together. So God, we come to you tonight. 
wanting to go down deep with you, wanting to get so much nearer to you. God, wanting to experience you, God. And, and I thank you for where we have been. It's a good thing that we have gotten in the river in the first place. It's a good thing we have gotten near to you in the first place. But God, now we want to dive deeper. So if you're a follower of Jesus, would you just pray through that today? Would you pray about what that next step is? Would you have an honest conversation with God? God, I'm up to my ankles. I think it's where I should be. God, thank you. Help me to continue to grow here. That's a beautiful, beautiful prayer. Nothing wrong with that. But also maybe some of us need to say, God, I'm up to my ankles and I know I should be deeper by now. I know I should be more surrendered to you. I know I should be closer to you. I know I should be more in your word. I know I should be seeking you in prayer more. I know I should be sharing my faith more. And so God, take me to that next step. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you want to put your trust in him tonight, I would encourage you just right now to have an honest conversation with him. And I could just give you some words that might help you with that conversation if you want. You can maybe pray something like this. Jesus, thank you so much for loving me. Thank you so much for dying on the cross in my place. Thank you so much you want to take me deep in you. God, show me what that means. Help me, God, to know how to take a step closer to you, to be nearer to you. But I thank you so much for this gift of salvation. I do not deserve it, but I thank you for it. Show me what it is to dive down deep in you. Just before we open our eyes, I, I would love for you tonight, you don't have to do this, but I'd love for you tonight if you prayed that prayer for the very first time, just to look me in the eyes so I could be praying for you. Anybody do that tonight? Would you just look at me real quick? Anybody in the room? Awesome. Anybody else? Awesome. God, we just thank you for those tonight that put their trust in you. And I pray that you will take them deep and you will show them your love and they will see how good you are.